Happy Monday night. Welcome to another edition of Chips and Dish here on the All About the Birds Network. Shout out to my twin, Manny. What's going on, Manny? He is my guest from last week. He is my college twin. He is a much larger than I Latino man. So he is, of course, the very similar resemblance to me. Happy Monday night, everybody. Happy International Women's Day. Uh, I am joined by my very good friend from the cover band world, Keith Mann. Keith, what is up, my dude? What's going on, brother? Good long time no physically see. Oh, man. It's, it's been too long, man. It's, uh, I can't wait to get back on stage with you, brother. It's uh, Yeah, no no kidding. We, we, we got to get some uh, some cork jams in. Get, oh, my get... God. I want to go back to Dewey Beach so bad right now, and we are both – so I, I, I'm so excited that you're joining me tonight because we are both in bands that are fronted uh, by very strong females. So shout-out to Kara of Late Last Night. Keith, tell a little bit about yourself. Introdu- introduce yourself to the people. Uh, my name's Keith Mann. I am a, uh, a singer-slash-keyboard player. I, I would suppose singer, mostly keyboard yeah. player recently. <laughs> Um, I, I play in a band called Laura Lee and Trip Fabulous and uh, International Women's Day. Big shout out to the boss, Laura Lee. Laura Lee! Down on the scene for a solid, we'll call it 15 plus years. All right. Nicely done. And, uh, nicely handled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, a lot of similarities and it's... um. It's weird, man. We've we've never been in the same band. You well, I. it's because we're so similar. Like yeah. we've always kind of rotated in circles. So, like, you were in a band, then you moved on. I joined that band. I was right. in a band. Somebody else moved on, and you almost joined that. Band. Like we've kind of always so rotated weird, in the circles, yeah. but never actually 
interlocked this. I, I don't know what to do with my hand. I, <laughs> Sam's kid. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> but yeah, so Keith, tell besides the band stuff, you you're I'm telling you what, you are one of the coolest dudes I know because you have such a wide array of things that you're involved in. Um, so let the people know a little bit about yourself. So I do uh, I do banking by day um, mm-hmm. for the past I nine nine years i would say before mm-hmm. that i owned a small construction company um insulated houses which is the itchiest job on the planet <laughs> i don't suggest that anybody does it but uh it, it, it pays the bills um yes, sir. and then i'm a uh, certified personal trainer so i um did that for a little while during he during he's downplaying he's downplaying how unbelievably jacked he is nah. let me tell you dude is jacked those are old pictures, Chip. Those are old pictures, man. <laughs> Listen, I think everybody's coming out of quarantine not looking like they used to. I'll tell you what, dude. You know what, man? I was um, speaking of uh, International Women's Day, man. I was uh, I-, I see your videos with with the misses all the time on Instagram, and you guys are you guys are doing your thing in the fitness world. That's that's, What's an- that's really good, What's- man. We're trying, man. We, we we got into a habit before the whole lockdown thing, which kind of worked out great um, because then when it all happened and everybody, you know, went into went into hiding, uh, we just kind of kept doing what we were doing. Right. Um, so we didn't really miss a step with that. We'd already built a nice routine. But yeah, I mean, two years ago, I was 212 pounds and exploding out of shirts. And, you know, now I'm kind of settling around the 192 mark. You look good, brother. You look good. It, I'm trying. It, it's something that's not mentioned enough that, uh, you know, eat right, take your vitamins, sleep enough, exercise daily. You know, it's, yeah. um, I think we're inundated with, uh, with the quarantine, with which medicines to take. And it's nice to see you guys doing the fitness thing online because it, it's so important. We're trying. We're trying. Hey, listen, if anybody out there is watching this, they want to get some sponsorship deals, whether it's workout stuff, whether it's whatever, you talk to me. I'm, I'm apparently the fitness guy of the of the All About the Birds Network. Who would have thought that would ever be the case? And speaking of a little bit of uh, – I got to do the shameless plugging, of course. You know, 99jersey.com is, is partnered with us. You can always use the code AATBIRDS for a 20% discount at checkout. Yesterday, uh, Phil and I did about an hour show about the NBA All-Star Game. I was rocking McCovey, um, and that's from them. So, again, check it out. The link's all over the place. And, again, if you haven't already, like the Facebook, like the Twitter, like the YouTube. like we're, All about the birds is all over the place. Um, so let's jump into it. There is some, some things happening in the Eagles world. Um, and it's funny because I the way I posted and previewed the show today, um, the soon-to-be no-star Philadelphia Eagles. So we know it's a rebuild. Um, but trading away every player that's ever worn Eagles green, is it's, it's, it's a strategy. It's a strategy. <laughs> it's a strategy. So before I, I kind of lay the groundwork, what are your thoughts on this previous season? What are your thoughts on the – the the debacle of the offseason handling of you know the Doug Peterson the Carson Wentz the Howie Roseman stuff I mean wh- where are you at with this I uh, I'm solidly still a Wentz fan I'm probably in the minority there but um I I wanted to hold see on I, I got you I got you here you go 
There you go. Yep. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I got to figure out the way to turn all the green things blue, all my Wentz stuff, you know, so that we save myself some money. But I know he's not going to be wearing 11, so I, yeah. I, I throw that out the window. But no, nah, man, I um, so I wanted one guy gone this offseason, and he's the only dude that stuck around, and that, and that's Roseman. Um, and, and I loved him during, during the Super Bowl year, you know. I think the whole city was singing his praises. It's just, right. um, I mean, the guys drafted one pro bowler in the past eight years and refused to build around him. Yeah. You know, and, and that's uh, yeah, obviously it's, it's Wentz. But, um, I mean, I feel Wentz is still going to be a stud. Um, and I think he had the opportunity to be here last year, I think was an anomaly. And, and I, I think with, I think with Wentz, with playing with like, you know, the practice squad guys at wide receiver mm -hmm. playing with an injured offensive line, you know, resistance to running the ball coming from the coaching staff. I think, uh, I think he really had it stacked up against them. And, and you look at Mahomes and the Super Bowl, who kind of played under similar circumstances right. and Mahomes is the only dude in, in the whole league that's universally infallible you know like yeah but he can do nothing wrong yeah, at all everybody loves the dude like I mean Allstate likes him even though he's in State Farm commercials you know <laughs> it, uh, the, the dude's like nobody dislikes Patrick Mahomes and he played like dirt in the Super Bowl under the same circumstances that Wentz had all year. I don't I don't I don't blame that Super Bowl loss on Mahomes. I, I just don't. You know, the dude ran the dude ran for over 400 yards just for his life. But yeah. I knew I knew that that defensive line of the Bucks against a banged up offensive line of the yeah. Chiefs was was going to they were going to just dominate and that's what you saw. And it goes to the point of with a weak offensive line, you cannot win a game. With a yeah. weak defensive line, you cannot win a game. Or yeah. consistently in this league, I should say, you can sneak out a win here and there. Yeah, and, you know, and, as long as as long as Jamone Brown isn't your starting right guard. Right, right, and, and that that's kind of when it came down to watching the Eagles this year, man. It was heartbreaking because you look at guys like Barrett Brooks, Lane Johnson. I mean, that's the best right side of an offensive line in the league. Brandon Brooks is great. I love Brandon Brooks. I love Lane yeah. Johnson. They, they barely played this year. I mean, Brooks didn't play at all this year, and Lane Johnson was out for the majority of the year. So it was kind of heartbreaking that that's such an an underappreciated yep. part of, of football. But it, it was uh, it was one of our strengths that turned into a weakness, and I think Wentz caught all the flack for that, man. So that's that's one of my questions for you. And we got the comments rolling in, and it's it's a lot of my teacher people. So I gotta I gotta you know give the shout outs. You know Don Conway again. Don is up for Flyers Teacher of the Month. Can get ten thousand dollars to the school. So there is a link. I will post it up again. Make sure you vote once a day in the month of March. Um, so we're gonna get to this question in a second. We got Panzulo, man. You're killing me, right? He, he goes by Art Vandalay because he's at Seinfeld. <laughs> Seinfeld, I believe which I've never seen a single episode. But yeah, we're talking Super Bowl, so Brady's awesome. All he does is win. So shout out to my Eisenhower peeps. Um, but but let me ask you, you know, kind of a broad picture thing. Who do you put blame on for this past season? Roseman. For the Eagles. 100% Roseman. Yeah, you know what? I, I, think there's, I think there's enough to go around for everybody, but I think the... I think the bulk of it unfairly fell on Wentz's shoulders and Peterson's. And they, those are the two guys that 
wound up leaving, wound up getting the boot. And uh, I think they were, I think if you're going to dice it up like a, a pie chart, I, th I think you got 70% on Roseman and, and give a solid 15 to Wentz and, and Doug, if, if you got to give, if you got to give it three ways, you know? So, so then, then tying it in back to what Don's asking here. So what we have learned this off season is how we only does what Jeffrey Lurie tells him to mm -hmm. very, very clearly. And I didn't think I realized that until this off season. Um, so what we heard today is that, and I love that you, Don, I love that you called him Jeffrey Jones. That's hysterical to me uh, because you're noticing he's not Jeffrey Lurie so much as much as he's attempting to be Jerry Jones, who apparently have to spend some time on tonight because some news broke about 45 minutes ago about Dak Prescott and his swimming pool of cash. Um, but it came out today that, Je I almost said Jerry Jones, that Jeffrey Lurie um, – wanted Jalen Hurts from the beginning. We wants to build a team around Jalen Hurts. He's going to tell his people to build around Jalen Hurts. He doesn't want the quarterback controversy. He had a big – is this team being held back by the owner now? And yeah. just using Howie as a scapegoat. Yeah, I, I'd i say that's fair. And, and with Hurts, man, I, I rooted for that dude so hard when he was in college because mm -hmm. he's – He's, he's rocky, you know, he, he's like the underdog. He got replaced by Tua and everyone was all two of this, two of that, two of this. Mid-game, man, mid-game. Yeah, Hertz was the dude for like, he earned his spot and Tua came in, played a great game and replaced him. So Hertz was a dude I rooted for and I was like, man, I, I'm going to root for him in the NFL. And then the Eagles drafted him and I went, what the fuck are they drafting him for? You know, like. Wait, why are they drafting him at that spot? And now we, we right. kind of are seeing like, okay, well, maybe there was a reason to. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, kind of back to what you were saying about Lori pulling the strings and and Roseman as a scapegoat. I, I don't know who's, I don't know who's the puppet and who's the puppet master because, you know, maybe Roseman's the one pulling the strings and just Lori's the, you know, Lori's the the one that goes out there and talks because nobody can question him, you know, or, or right. He's the guy with all the money. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it seems like Roseman has that complex of like, he has to prove that he's the smartest guy in the room by going against popular opinion. Um, right. You know, the draft being a, a very the, easy the, the uh, draft. The drafts are killing me. Yeah. And I, and I agree. You know, I look at, what everything that happened with Carson Wentz. And, you know, I, I agree that maybe he, he couldn't be here anymore, but you pulled a guy who after one season, one really horrifically bad season, they just pulled the plug on him. And now they're literally paying $32 million to another, to, to a player to play for another team. Yeah. You know, you, you got to work that out. Um, shout out to Jason knew all about the birds writer, Jason. Uh, we're going to be talking some Phillies a little bit later on. If we got the time, um, basically I, I still love Bryce Harper and that's what I'm going to just say for right now. We'll go back to it later. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just, it, it's look, we hear on all about the birds. We bash Howie Roseman nonstop. And you look at some of the moves that he is making um, even right now. So it's, Get rid of Deshaun Jackson. That was a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. um, 
going to get rid of Alshon. No brain. He's doing the no brainers, the re restructuring of the deals. A lot of these are no brainers, but it's the idea of kicking the can down the road. Yeah. It's this will be next year's problem. This will be a problem in two years. This will be a problem in three years. So he's doing everything he can to get back under the cap and maybe be in play for a couple players. But the fact of the matter is you still have to fill out the roster. You still have to have 53 guys who on a Sunday are going to go play football. And that would be a beautiful thing if you had a dude that you trusted even like a tiny bit to draft well. And yeah, and as, and as Panzula is saying, they're going to F up the sixth pick. Yes, absolutely. When they when they threw that game, and, and no one no one is going to convince me otherwise that they didn't throw the game at the end. Not that Hertz was playing well by any means, but they no. intentionally lost that game. When they did that, I'm going, man, I bleed Eagles green, but I hope they get fined, you know, like. And I, they didn't. <laughs> What's up, Adam? What's going on? It's, right, uh, and they and they didn't because there's no so. It was embarrassing as a fan. The NBA and the NFL are very different. Yeah. Right. Think about all the shit that the Sixers got for the the process that the tanking process. You yeah. cannot do that in football. Right. You can't. You cannot do that in football. It is too big of a product. It is so. You know, with, with basketball, with baseball, with hockey, you can miss a game as a fan. You can, you can, they play 82 games. They play 162 games. You can do that. With football, you play 16 or 17 starting next season games. Right. People Everyone, pay attention. Yeah. Everything is under a microscope. It's huge. Huge. And, and one quarter, you know, everything that went wrong the whole season they lost everyone's respect in one quarter at the at the end. Absolutely. Know? But you listen to the people. Nate Sudfeld is, quote, the best deep ball arm on the roster. That's scary. That's scary. If, if that's if that's what they say, if that's what they believe, that, and, and they're going to build a team around Hertz, and, you know, they were trying to build a team around Wentz, like, Let's just build it around Sudfield then. If, well, if that's so the story it's it's talking. scary for two reasons. It's scary for number one if that's what they believe, yeah. because then their talent evaluation is a goddamn joke. Yeah. It's scary on the other hand if that's what they truly believe, because that means Jalen Hurts is not going to be successful if Nate Sudfeld is better. Right. And, and that's, that, that's the that's thing, man. As as bad of a year as Wentz had, and I know it was a smaller sample size, but sure. Hertz had a worse year statistically, and that's hard so, to do. That was going to be one of my questions, right? So we have a four-game sample size of our new franchise quarterback. Yeah. Is Jalen Hurts the quarterback moving forward out of 2021. I mean, he's the guy we root for. He's easy to root for. He's super. He is. He's very for. easy to root for. And it's yeah. actually, I'm glad you said that because so Lane Johnson talking about his new quarterback, mm -hmm. he's extremely competitive. He has a lot of poise to him. He works extremely hard. He's a fun guy to be around. He is dynamic with what he can do with his legs. He throws a pretty ball. The sky's the limit. That's a quote from Lane Johnson on Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And, and, 
Lane Johnson's a a, a very well respected dude and a very scary yeah. Lane Johnson's dude. a dude. Not, not too many people are gonna are gonna question Lane Johnson. Um, but yeah, man, Hertz is easy to root for. He really is. I loved him in college. Absolutely loved him in college. Was gonna root for him wherever he went. Like I said, when he went to the <laughs> Eagles, I was like, why? You know, like because I've never rooted for a player on the bench before like this. Right, right, right. And, and you just. It, I don't know. And look, nobody, nobody, no, I don't care what you say. Nobody could have predicted the epic letdown that he had. Yeah. But you also have to listen to some of the other, uh, that Carson Wentz had, excuse me. Yeah. You also have to look at some of the other things around us. So, and I see that, you know, Nate Sudfeld should never step on an NFL field. So P Frank and I are the coaches over at Eisenhower football. Frank, Nate shouldn't set foot on the Eisenhower field. <laughs> and you know, we were out there growing grass. That's how bad he is. But you look at, again, maybe this is what they're telling the fans. Maybe this is what they're, they're telling themselves. But part of the reason why they said that they drafted Nate Sudfeld is because, or excuse me, why they drafted Jalen Hurts is because they believed that in this upcoming season, 2021, Nate Sudfeld would be a starting quarterback somewhere in the NFL. That's, that was their so they drafted Jalen Hurts to be the backup because they yeah. believed that Nate Sudfeld was so good he would be starting in the NFL somewhere. It said what uh what round did Tom Brady get drafted in? Uh I believe the sixth or the seventh. Yeah. So we, we're we're drafting backup quarterbacks in the second uh -huh. round. That's well, we drafted Clayton Thorson in the fifth round. Clayton ain't, Thorson. Ain't it crazy that that's like the the, the story that they're spinning is Sudfeld's got the best long ball on the team, and we only drafted Hertz as the backup. It's why'd you draft him in the second round? You know, they're uh, they just they can't tell the truth, even if you spotted them. No. T T R U T. You know, it's a. Uh, and I think I think the disconnect between the fan base and the 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 brass over there is becoming more glaringly obvious now. We yeah. look past it in 2017 because we won a Super Bowl. You already said we loved Howie in 2017. Right. He was doing the same shit. Super he was Howie. doing the same shit. He was. He just lucked out. <laughs> he but he lucked out. And it has now turned into a what have you done for me lately situation. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything lately except push the can down the road. So let me let me throw some names at you, right? So we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into Howie's bag of tricks. Mm -hmm. Um let me throw some names at you, and I want you to play mock GM here. And my friends who are, are watching, feel free to uh, weigh in with your thoughts. So a name that I didn't prepare you with, although I think I know where you're going to go. Um, <laughs> he, he came in the news today. He has some thoughts on how Carson Wentz is going to be resurgent and have his career resurrected uh, with the Colts. Maybe making a little plug to be the left tackle of the Colts. Jason Peters, stay or go. Jason Peters, as long as whatever he has on Jeff Lurie and Harry Howie Roseman can be like done now after too many contracts. He's got to have something on. He's got to go. I think the only reason he was around was because he had some dirt on one of those guys and they kept on bringing him in. So, so the people are weighing in. They would like Jason Peters to go. I'm actually yeah. going to throw out a third option. Um, stay, go, or gone. He hasn't shown up for the last two seasons, so I don't know why we're still talking about this guy. You know what? He, he would – I'd love to see him stay as a coach. 
you know, but uh, I think the guy's a, one of the one of the best left tackles to ever play the game. But it, agreed, it's, it's hard to watch him play, you know, because you go, you remember what he was when he was such a beast, and he's just out there. He, he just doesn't have it anymore. He's is he hurt. getting to a point? And I know there are some players that do this. Is he getting to a point where he is actually damaging? his Hall of Fame candidacy. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think the Hall of Fame candidacy, but I think reputation for sure. Um, you know, it, it's every year that he plays, people are going to remember him more as like that guy that was taking up space in the field as people were running past him, as opposed to one yeah. of the best left tackles in NFL history. And that's, and, and he that's was. a shame for his legacy, you know. And he absolutely was, you know. I think that the uh, the Chip Kelly years took some 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 tread off those tires, mm-hmm. um, because you know he he was he is not the type of player that should have been uh, running sixty to sixty five right. plays per game, yeah, full speed down the field, yeah. Um, whereas you look at like a Jason Kelsey, and that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so let's segue into that. So everybody on the planet agrees J- Jason Peters has got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mentor or coach, but yeah. be paid like a player. I, yeah. I think that since the youth movement is in full effect, I don't see a way that Jason Peters comes back. If he does, I actually predicted in my, my first, uh, blog article last year that Jason Peters would be on the team last year. And I was right. Um, cause there was just no way that he wasn't. Um, so let's go from Jason to Jason. Jason Kelsey is officially back. Good move, bad move. Your thoughts. That's a, that's great, man. He he's the heart and soul of the team right now. You know yeah. they they need a they need a leader. He's he's always gonna be in every Philadelphia fan's mind. The dude in the mummer costume, drunk as yeah. hell at the Super Bowl speech. You know, given that like epic end of the movie climax speech when it was like nine o'clock in the morning or whatever. Yep. He's um nah he 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 has to stay. He he's the heart of the team. And I, I, I agree. That there's not there's not much left of the team that we all love. Um, but if they not, I mean, we're Eagles fans, we're going to root for them no matter what, but they're really hard to root for right now. You need someone to kind of hang your hat on it. And I think because we don't know this team anymore. I mean, this team is a revolving door of what, so one big issue with Philadelphia and I, I will be the first to admit this is that we, again, I'm a history teacher, so I can say this, we hold on to the history. So people are like, Oh, Nick Foles coming back. That'd be awesome. I don't, you have your statue. Giannis Lombardi, I swear to God, if I see you in Eagles green again, except to, you know, have your, your name up in the ring somewhere that Nick Foles is done, but Jason Kelsey, I, and I said this last week, I think on our Wednesday night show, definitely on our Monday night show, Jason Kelsey gets to play until he wants to leave. This is not something that you worry about with contract unless it has become a noticeable decline. And Jason Peters is still, sorry, Jason Kelsey. See, the Jasons are messing me up. Jason Kelsey is still playing at a Pro Bowl level every year. He is. Yeah. And I think it does say a lot about the Jalen Hurt situation that he is willing to come back. Um, And that's what. Frank saying right here, he wouldn't come back if he didn't think they weren't going to win. Right. So you look at this team and there's holes everywhere. We know that, but center wasn't one I wanted to fill because you have Jason Kelsey. Yeah. You get a pro bowler. I mean, Kelsey's probably the best player on the team right now. Um, him, him, Barrett Brooks, Lane Johnson. I mean, you, you look at those three guys and, and I think that's, if, if they're healthy, I think one of those three is your best player. 
Yeah, well, and we're going to get into that because some of those names are, are definitely up there. So, a little side question. Is Jason Kelsey a Hall of Famer? Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard to make the Hall of Fame as an offensive lineman. It is. Call it like it is. Unless it is. you're dominant. And unless you're dominant, Jason Kelsey is a Hall of Fame center. I, I, I will so. I will go to bat on anybody with that. What's what's his uh, uh sorry to put you on the spot. Do you, how many has he made Pro Bowls? Jason Kelsey Pro Bowls. The joy of a double computer screen. Jason Kelsey Pro Bowls. Uh according to the Google, he has made four Pro Bowls and three times the all pro. Yeah, then he's he's gotta be in. He is the 16th. Here you go. Here's your Hall of Fame candidacy. He is the 16th center to do that. The other 15 are all in the Hall of Fame. There you go. All right. So wait, now this is a wrench in my question. Eagles Hall of Fame. Yes. Matt, you better explain whether or not it's an <laughs> NFL Hall of Fame though. Because I have him in the NFL Hall of Fame. I think so too. So while you make your case, Matt, I'll, I'll wait patiently. But you keep mentioning Brandon Brooks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all right, so we're just going along the offensive line at this point. Brandon Brooks, there are trade talks to trade Brandon Brooks to save basically $2.3 million this season. I don't think you can trade him unless you get a one. I, I, I just, and you're not going to coming off no. an injury like he's had and his injury history. You're not getting a one. Exactly. I, I just I think he's that good, and I think you don't, you don't get rid of talent like that for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, it's right. just – it doesn't make sense. And you're just going to watch him thrive somewhere else. Right. And what worries me is, again, you're talking about a dominant right guard in the league when he's healthy. Yes, he's got to be healthy. So I actually – I've really spent some time stepping back and looking because the Eagles' history of injuries the past six years, seven years, five, six years is awful. Yeah, we have horrific injuries, and you have to look. Um, Frank agrees, Hall of Fame. Um, and you have to look, and you go, "Is it the type of players? Is it the type of practice?" Well, they started operating and replacing the training staff and the medical staff almost every single year, so you know it wasn't them. I am wondering, and I'm curious to see this season with a player like Brandon Brooks, with a player like Lane Johnson, who's had some injury stuff lately. Hell, I'd be interested to see with Jason Peters, although I don't want to see Jason Peters back. Is Nick Sirianni's new style of coaching and practice and developing players going to be a difference of the injuries that we have mounted up over the last six seasons? Yeah, that's it, a fair question because, it, it, like you said, they—I mean, they—they they went far and wide to find like really top-level medical specialists and and just turnover year after year after year. The turnover and they kept on reaching higher and higher. We gotta get the specialists from here, sports science people, medical people. You know, it was um, it was the smartest guy in the room of the medical staff. Right, 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 and they um. They just keep on mounting up the injuries. So I think it's a fair question. I just, I feel like people loved playing for Doug. Um, that's the only thing that doesn't connect for me because he, he was a player's coach. You know, he was, he was very much from the Andy Reid 
Yeah. School of thought of like never throw the players under the bus. Always go. I've got to put the players in a better position to do a better job. You know, instead of that guy threw an interception. You know. So one thing that I'm super excited to see with Nick Sirianni um, is the separation from the Andy Reid way of doing things. So look, I love Andy Reid. I think he is the greatest coach in Philadelphia history. So, until somebody replaces him. And I know he didn't win the Super Bowl. That's more of a knock on Donovan than it was on him. Um, but he, he he overstayed his welcome. So then we get a slight break with Chip Kelly. And Chip Kelly was a terrible coach, but he was exciting. It was exciting to watch him do what he did until the NFL figured it out. And he still did what he did. And NFL was like, no, we, we understand what you're doing. No, we're still just going to do it. But... Chip Kelly, we understand what you're – okay, fine. And we lost. (laughs) So what do they do? They bring in Andy Reid Jr. and Doug Peterson. And it was back to the same thing. The passing nonstop. The the development of players that never happened. So he's a player's coach because he never held him accountable. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Nick Sirianni. And on the All About the Birds website right now, one of our writers, Chris Romanelli, is a season ticket holder. Um, which means he gets some perks, including sitting in on a Q&A with Nick Sirianni. Nice. So on there is his article right up about that. Definitely worth a checkout because it's it's cool to see Nick Sirianni finally interacting with the fans because everybody that I've ever, that I've talked to through this um, has really liked Nick Sirianni. And they, you know, the Eagles hired him off the street in a pair of T-shirts and, and a t-shirt and shorts. So obviously they like something about him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I am personally excited to see the difference in the injuries with a different way of doing things. Yeah. I, it's, it's a, it's a very fair point because that accountability thing, you know, a lot of people thought Alshon was maybe not really all the way hurt and maybe could have played. And, and Alshon is the biggest ripoff in Eagles history. <laughs> if you look at what he made for what he produced, he is on the Andrew Bynum level of ripping money away from the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. He, he's an easy target, man. He, he He's a very easy target. Which and, for a wide receiver is a good thing. You want an easy target right. wide receiver. <laughs> But he, he, he didn't do himself any favors with the media no. either as far as like the whole, you know, anonymous throwing the quarterback under the bus thing. And, and it's just um, I have a hard time like trashing the guy because he played the Super Bowl with, a, you know, a torn labrum. And Good. Football is a tough. Believe it or not, football is a tough sport. You're yeah. supposed you know, one of I, I, I remember growing up when I was watching games as like a, a, a an eight year old kid and just hearing people around me screaming, tape them up, tape them up. And I went, <laughs> what, what does that mean? And it meant means get your ass back on the field. You have a job. And I look at a player like Jason Kelsey, who literally had people helping him strap his helmet up because he couldn't lower his arm and he stayed on the damn field. Yeah. You look at hockey players, man. That's like the yeah. one sport where none of them take a break, man. Like dudes like, they lose teeth and they're like i'm fine yeah. right 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 <laughs> it's um man if you could take like the hockey player mentality just the general hockey player mentality and put it into every player of every other sport that'd right. be a beautiful thing man you have some great games yeah 
So oh, I got to get caught up on the comments because they've been rolling in and we just got off on a, on a, a rampage. So we're going to talk about Ertz in like 30 seconds, Adam. Hang tight. Matt's making his case. I don't think Jason Kelsey is Hall of Fame. It's so tough. Maybe way after he retires, retires, but not. And I would agree with that. I would agree that he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I would agree. You know, they look at it a little bit down the road and go, hey, he was really damn good. He was an integral part of the Eagles team. Um but probably not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's he's not in that realm. So here's a question for that. You think that's why he came back? I think that at this point, Kelsey's done everything he can do. Um, the only reason to me that Jason Kelsey's coming back is his love of the game and his love of the team. Because yeah. he knows there's not a replacement there right now. Right, right. Because if he goes, Isaac's got to move to center and you've got a hole at left guard. Mm -hmm. There is not a plan in place for Jason Kelsey not being on this team this year. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I agree. If they trade Brooks, I will flip the hell out. I totally agree with that. Um, and and what Don's saying, you need someone to block for Hurts so that he can throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> All right, so maybe not the Jamar Chase part. I mean, we're going to get into the draft stuff in a, a minute or two. But, yeah. Why create a hole? I, I've had disagreements. I'm going to put it this way. I've had disagreements with people uh, in the Twitterverse saying, um, hey, every player is tradable. Trade Miles Sanders. He's just okay. And I went, why create a hole? Why create a hole? We have enough holes in the team. Why create a hole? Miles Sanders is not a tradable person. There, there's They, they got to take – it's, it's kind of like you take your wins, right? You, you fix your losses and you take your wins. And right now they have Brooks is a win. Sanders is a win. You know, like you don't, you don't get rid of those guys. They, Benny makes a good point about the Kelsey thing here. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Cause they, they have to play the chiefs and he wants to play him one more time. I, I agree with that. That's a, that's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Good. good. I, I like that, Benny. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Why create holes that aren't, needed to be filled, right? So we talk about Zach Ertz, okay? And we're going to segue into that way. Zach Ertz is going to be traded within, I would say, the next week or so, um, which bums me out because I love Zach Ertz as a human. Yeah. But the NFL is a business. Business-wise, before last season, he said, I need to be paid like a number one receiver. And then he barely played like a number three tight end. Yeah, he had... He had as rough a year as anybody on the team, I think, you know, Wentz, Wentz and Hertz included, you know, I, I think, uh, and it didn't, it didn't help him that Goddard played well in the same position, you know, whether I'm he not, was I'm not sold on Goddard. I'm, I'm not that guy. No, um, no, I, I think he's good. I think he's got like most of the players on the Eagles. He's got injury stuff, um, but I'm not sold on Goddard. I don't think he is a, here, here's the thing in today's NFL, you have two tiers of why of tight ends, in my opinion. You have dominant game changers, and you've got glorified linemen. Yeah, Goddard is not a game changer. I think he can be. He uh, could be, but he's not yet. Right, exactly. And this, Ertz was that guy. Ertz right. was Ertz was your game changer for exactly. many years. Yeah, he was a guy that you knew would get a first down. He wasn't going to get the yards after the catch. But he was going to get you. Um, he was going to get you first downs. Goddard 
maybe now that Ertz is moving on out of the picture, we'll get some of those opportunities. But I, I don't see God. I look at a guy like Pitts out of Florida. That's a game-changing tight end. He's scary, man. That's uh, wh whoever gets him, you know, be nice if, if it was us. But it whoever gets him nice. is going to be tough. Especially I with our uh, our allergy to linebackers. You know, if we have oh God! If we don't get here. Micah Parsons, <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get Micah Parsons to Lavar Arrington on our draft show Saturday night compared to Ray Lewis who could tackle. Wow, that's or a, not Ray, no sorry Ray Lewis who could blitz was Lavar Arrington's direct quote. That's he, a, Lavar that's Arrington, Lavar wow. Arrington, linebacking god out of Penn State University said about Micah Parsons, he is like a Ray Lewis who can blitz. Wow. Somebody tell Howie. I said <laughs> on the All About the Birds Network, somebody tell Howie. Um, I, I don't think they're going to get much for Ertz. I think he had such a down year. I think the injuries – I hope we get something. Um, but but I don't know if they're going to. And, yeah, here – yeah. Love the kid from Florida. He's a stud. Um, Kyle Pitts is a game changer. He's 100% a game changer. Yeah. So, so my, my teachers agree with me. Yeah. He 100% he is a game changer. And you look at Nick Sirianni, who comes from the Colts. They run serious tight end sets, two tight end sets. And as much as I love yeah. Richard Rodgers, he's no Pitts out of Florida. Yeah. It's um, to go back to the original thing, what do you get from Ertz or what do you get for yeah. Ertz? I, I'm happy. If I don't think they're going to get more than a fourth, you know, I, I honestly don't. I don't think they're going to get more than a fourth. And and that's again back to the Brandon Brooks thing. Like you're just shedding salary just to let dudes who are legit stars walk out the door. Um, whether or not Ertz can still be a star, uh, you know, last year would say he he can't. But with um, looking at a guy like Pitts and, and Sirianni with the two tight end system, that, that would be. Man, it, it it would it would sure kind of make you feel yeah. not having any receivers. <laughs> yeah, it really would. It really would. Now you know we're, we'll get into the wide receiver stuff, but I still think the Eagles, and I've said this now for months, the Eagles are going to trade the number six pick. They have so many holes they need to fill. They're going to trade the number six pick. Um, they mostly should because anyway, they they should. Yeah, I don't see a way outside of drafting. Jamar Chase, the Eagles can win the number six pick. Yeah. In the fans' eyes, there is will be an automatic divide. Well, um, here's the question: In Howie's eyes, how do you win uh -huh. the pick? Is there anybody in the draft named Jalen <laughs> Waddle? Jalen Waddle. <laughs> it's dude. I mean, uh, trade it, get more picks because it's like yeah. these guys going like this and throwing darts at the dartboard, you know. Give them more shots to hit something good. So let, I'm gonna I'm gonna play one thing. This was on uh, this was on ESPN today, um, and it talks a little about Jalen Hurts. And we'll spend about five minutes on it. And and you know at that point I, I need to be done talking Eagles for a couple minutes. But this is news that broke today is that Jalen Hurts is absolutely the guy. Um, and, and this is what was said. Just want to hit you on this. Is Jalen Hurts the guy? How do you see this playing out? It's Chris Mortensen. 
Yes, Jalen Hurts is the guy. You know, they, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, has basically sent the message to his uh, personnel department and his general manager, Howie Roseman, that he wants to do everything he can to help Jalen Hurts be successful and not bring in somebody to compete for the job. Now, they have a new head coach, Nick Sirianni. He understands that's what the owner wants. What the owner wants, the owner gets. What, and, what uh, Jeff wants, Howie gives him. Remind people, though, on this one. Last year, the owner was in favor of drafting Jalen Hurts. That created a ripple. One thing that happened with the Eagles, which screams to me why Jamar Chase should be in play for this pick, is that they did not stay true to their draft board. And their personnel department has a lot of... Say that again. Did not stay true to the draft board. They always stayed true to the draft board. Somehow, they got off the draft board. And at number 21, they took Jalen Rager, the wide receiver, instead of Justin Jefferson, who had a higher grade on the Eagles board. Hmm. How do you explain that? We don't have enough time. But Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for this year, and they don't want to bring in competition for him. Okay, let's have a conversation about that. Justin Jefferson had the higher grade, and yet they they went with Jalen Rager. So who made that call? Oh, man. It's, who made that wrong call? Right. And, and, and it's so hard because, again, like how he comes off as the dude that needs to outsmart everybody. And the whole world knew that Jefferson was the pick there. I mean, like everybody, it was like, it, maybe, I don't even know if there's a thing that Vegas puts odds on, but they had to be astronomical. If so, everyone knew that they were going to pick Jefferson there. And then they picked, they picked Rager and they showed you, they showed you the Eagles like laughing mm -hmm. and high-fiving each other. And everyone's looking like, we we don't get the joke. What's what's what happened good here? The Vikings not, not Rager. Right. But, the Vikings feet did not touch the ground on the way to send that pick in. Right. Exactly. They were flying to get there. It's just that was the biggest I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm gonna I'm gonna outsmart everybody. Everybody else is wrong because I know something you don't know, pick. And he was dead wrong with it, man. Yeah, Adam, I agree. I think uh, I think that was Howie's pick. Um, mm -hmm. But why, you know, the Chiefs won with speed, so they took a guy that was a little bit faster over a guy who seemed to be a sure thing. Um, it, it, that was the hard. frustrating thing to me because the Chiefs won with speed. So that worked with Andy Reid. So we're still Andy Reid-like team. Let's do the speed thing. And they drafted a track team. Every single thing that came out of about yeah. Hightower, Watkins, and Rager is that they were all speed demons. And you add that to the speed of uh, Marquise Goodwin, who didn't play. And you add the, to the combination <laughs> of um, Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, who barely played. Yeah. We, we were great if we were running a four by 100. You know, right, right. It ended up taking them an entire season to get 100 yards. So uh, combined. I don't know. It's just, I, I I don't trust the draft. I don't trust Howie. I don't try. And that's what it comes down to. And now we look at the quarterback situation, the NFC East. So this news came out while we were prepping for the show. The Eagles, who always had the ability to win the NFC East um, because it's the NFC East, it's the Cowboys and everybody else now. Dak Prescott is no longer a free agent. Um, he is signing a four-year deal for $160 million. Uh, could be up to 164. It's a huge guarantee amount. I know that much. 
Um, but it's $75 million in the first year. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. I mean, God bless him and his agent because that's holy. Sm- I mean, the dude's foot fell off last year. You know, it was uh, that that's you talk about people coming back from injuries like. Yeah. And, and they didn't want to sign him before that. Not that they didn't want to sign him, but they didn't want to give him big money before that happened. So he owes uh, he owes his agent. You know, like yeah. whatever the biggest gift you could possibly out of, get. Out of the hundred, thank you, man. I appreciate it. For out of the hundred and sixty, sixty-four million, a hundred twenty-six of it is guaranteed, guaranteed yeah. money, and it's, there is a no trade clause in there, and you cannot, cannot, cannot franchise tag him again. He is you know, done with that. You know who that's no, good it's, for? It's in there. That, that's good Dak for Prescott. the Eagles. That's good for the Eagles. Yeah, Dak Prescott. <laughs> it's great for Dak Prescott. He, he ain't even that good. <laughs> But that, it's great for the Eagles. I mean, it's you got a quarterback who plays behind the best offensive line in football every year. Ding. Who throws to the best wide receiving core in football last Ding. year. And who has the best running back in football. And mm, dis-a-ding. Disagree <laughs> on the ding. Well, because you just said Ezekiel Elliott is better than Derrick Henry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I, I'm you take that back. You're you take like, it back, Keith Man. <laughs> You're you're looking at you're looking at a, a a position on a team that is just set up completely set up for success. You don't have to be great to win there. You can be Dalvin mediocre Cook, yep. and look great there. Um, yep. Dalvin Cook's better but, too. Yeah, there, there are guys that are better than Zeke. But I don't. Quite, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't even think Ezekiel Elliott's the best running back on his own roster anymore. I don't know. What I'm saying is he's got the best offensive line, he's got the best receiving core, and he's got a heck of a running back. You put any other quarterback in the league in that position, they're they're gonna thrive. You know, so why so- were the Colts so good this year? Because they had a sick offensive line, Phil Rivers, who was decent, you know, mm-hmm. even in his old age, and they had a running game that re- had a resurgence and they used the tools around him. I'm I'm gonna tell the people that some things. I had last season the Cowboys in the Super Bowl in my preseason prediction. I honestly did. I thought that they had all the pieces until Dak got hurt. Yeah. It, it's um, it's great as an Eagles fan that he signed that contract. Yep. Um, because it's he's the replaceable piece on that team. You know, um, last year you're not going to replace him with a dude who's throwing passes in a Wawa parking lot. and, and I, I thought Andy Dalton was going to be a much better replacement. I, I really did. I thought that was the best move that the Cowboys could have made because of a Dak Prescott potential injury. However, Andy Dalton showed that he's really not – he he's not the quarterback that he once was. But they didn't win with Dak either. That That's the thing. That, that's why I'm happy that they threw all that money at him because they weren't winning with him in either, you know, and, and it's – I get it that they weren't going to yeah. win with, with Dalton or with the third string guy that came in for a couple games. But I mean, you know, hindsight being 2020, they, they weren't, they weren't great with Dak last year. No, they yeah. weren't. So he was putting up, he was putting up huge numbers. He was. Yep. But in the, in the fourth in quarter, the defense, the defense was God awful last year. Yeah. Um, but all his, all his numbers I, yeah. were, were junk numbers. They were down. They like were inflated. Thirty-eight three, and then and then he'd, he'd score. You know, he scored five touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they were they were inflated. What I do know is that when this contract runs up, he's thirty-one years old, so he's still due for a bigger payday. Even then, crazy. 
That's crazy. Good for him, man. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I like Dak Prescott. I wish he did not wear the star. Um, but yeah. All right, so listen, it's Chips and Dish. We transition to other shows. Any final Eagles thoughts? Because I know I, we said we were going to talk Eagles all night. Um, we ran 51 minutes talking Eagles. Oh, shoot. Okay. So I told you you'd watch that time. That's what was going to happen. I know, man. I feel bad now. So, no, no. Right. I love talking Eagles. Please. Look, it was ready? exciting. For, for for the Wentz haters out there, because I know there's plenty, right? <laughs> Went right to the Wentz wagon, man. Five, five dudes. The Wentz wagon's in Indianapolis. <laughs> five dudes in the NFL, NFL history, that have gone three consecutive years, 20 touchdowns or more, less than 10 interceptions. Brady, Peyton Manning, uh-huh. Drew Brees, uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, 2019 Carson Wentz. 17 to 19, Carson Wentz put himself in that company as the only people in NFL history to ever do that. You, that's you, the you, that's you, the dude that nobody wanted. You feel good about that? I, dude, that's the dude that nobody wanted. I'm, I'm like, Look, I, get it, I, I didn't say I wanted to trade him. I just knew that something had to change, and it became very clear that he didn't want to be here. I'd rather him be somewhere else when he didn't want to be here. And everything that went with Carson Wentz is he was a small town kid in a difficult city. He was not made for this city. Yeah, I, I think point uh, blank. I, I'm I'm still a fan. I'm gonna root for him as long as he's not playing against Midnight Green. But uh, truth, it, it it stinks that he's uh it stinks that he's not here anymore. So all right, so listen, I I saw Matt put up a comment a couple minutes ago. Um, we'll do a we're gonna do a quick hockey thing here, right? Because. Yesterday, I was committed to the All-Star game in the NBA. And Matt sends me a message on Twitter going, hey, I know you're watching the All-Star game, but Flyers look really good. <laughs> and it was, I'm, and I told him, I was like, yeah, Matt, I'm I'm flipping back and forth. Believe me, I'm like, Carter Hartman, he looks locked in. He looks nice and centered. My friends who watch this show religiously, and there's, you know, four of you, um, what do I always say about when I watch hockey? When I watch hockey, bad things happen. Within minutes of Matt sending that message and me responding, I flip over and Ovechkin buries one in the back of the net. Absolutely buries one in the back of the net. <laughs> I flip it back away. It goes, I, it's three. The Flyers looked like garbage last night. There was no defense. There was no defense. And part of it, I think, um, ties into the fact that they had just played a three-game series against the Penguins um, where they lost. And you could see that the legs were gone. So I know the schedule is not working in their favor right now. The legs were gone. I will also say that their power play right now, they got to fix something. And for my my avid viewers know that I'm just getting back into hockey. I, I need to know what the Flyers need to do with the trade deadline that fixes these problems because they cannot score on a power play. They're ranked one of the worst in the league. They struggle to kill power plays. They're ranked, I'm pretty sure, in the 18-19 range. Um, and right now, again, just jumping back in as I have been, I would say I would rather right now, right now, I would rather see – Brian Elliott start over Carter Hart right now. It's a bold statement, man. It is a bold statement. <laughs> but again, so you have to look at it like, um, here's the thing. If this team is ready to compete this season, right? 
then you got to put your best players out there. If this team is, and I got Carter Hart is the best player. We know that Carter Hart is the better goalie than Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott's just got the hot hand right now. But if he's got the hot hand right now and your job is to compete. And right now, if the season were to end, the flyers would miss the playoffs because that that's an issue. The flyers would miss the playoffs. If the season ended right now, um, then Brian Elliott's got to be your starter right now because he's got the hotter hand. Carter Hart's been struggling since I started watching the hockey game again. Um, so maybe I'm the problem. It's, it's one thing I never understood about hockey, man. I, I, I never played it outside of being like eight or nine years old playing ice hockey. But uh, the, the goalie streakiness with yeah. the, the backup goalie being better than the starting goalie for like 10, 11, 12 games at a time. It's it's something that I feel so unique to hockey, um, and I never understood it. Well, wait a second. Something about the streakiness of the backup being better than the starter, so everyone's clamoring for the backup. <laughs> that is not unique. That is not unique maybe, at all. Maybe it's a Philly thing. It's maybe a Philadelphia <laughs> thing. And and Frank, I know I'm the problem. I got to stop watching these games. I just got to listen to Matt tell me what's going on. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we're all uh, look. Brian Elliott is 37 years old. He is not the future goalie of this team. Carter Hart is, as Don is saying, the best young player this team has. I, I get that. It's just that right now, Carter Hart's on a big cold streak. Um, and uh, judging by every comment that's rolling in, they need a lot of defense. So Carter Hart's kind of getting just put out there and out to hang. But if the goal, oh yeah, Joel Farabee, I like that kid. I like that kid, and Don and, and and Frank are arguing in the comments here, um, and I love it. But Joel Farabee, I like that kid. He's the only one that scored yesterday. If the plan is to make the playoffs, then they got to go with the hot hand, and right now the hot hand is Brian Elliott. It's fair. It's a fair point. That's all I'm going to say about the hockey stuff. Um We'll see what happens more with the with the trade deadline. And speaking of the trade deadline, let's get into the Sixers. Yeah. Okay. Super excited for the All-Star game. Apparently, I was one of the only ones. <laughs> ben Simmons, I wanted to see him play. Joel Embiid, I wanted to see him play. They got their hair cut. They got exposed to COVID. They didn't get to play. Um. I was really frustrated. I was really frustrated because you look at someone like LeBron James who said, we should not be playing this game. And sure enough, two of the biggest studs in the league, two of the biggest names in the league, at least Joel Embiid, MVP caliber candidate doesn't get to play. Was the game yesterday a necessity? First off, no. point blank statement. No. no, no. You know what? The only thing that I still like about all-star weekend is the three point challenge the three the three yes. points, yeah. it's the, the dunk contest like you you can't do more you can't reinvent the dunk the skills competition isn't a skills competition anymore it used to be but now mm -hmm. it's it's a glorified race to the three point line and shoot a three pointer i mean it's all that's left that's fun to watch is the three point contest and it's like i don't know it, for me that that's kind of yeah exactly exactly no so there have been what, what i've noticed about the dunk contest and i am and i did an hour-long show with phil talking you know first half of the season talking all-star game talking everything i did that yesterday i was really excited um 
the dunk contest last night was one of the worst in the history of the NBA. Point blank. It was three guys, and I really like OB Toppin. I know he's a high flyer out of Dayton um, who, whose job is to dunk. The other two guys, Anthony Simons, who ended up winning the thing, the dunks that he did, you saw them in games. You would yeah. see them in games. And Cassius Stanley, I mean, I think one of my big issues with the dunk contest is the judges. Um, and they're all over the damn place. You know, you had five guys up there last night. You had Josh Smith, D Brown, Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins, and uh, who was the fifth judge last night? There was another winner from the 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 Hawks. But anyway, they had no clue what they were doing. They had no clue. The, the variation of the numbers was all over the place. The dunk contest last night was a joke. It's never going to be Vince Carter again. It's never going to be Dwight Howard again. It's never going to be Andre Iguodala again because your big names don't do it anymore. Not only that, man, and this is probably unpopular to say, but I kind of lost interest after Jordan versus Dominique. You know, like that's – it was – there wasn't much left to do after they had their battle. I mean, guy, besides using props, you know, there's only so much that the human body can physically do when jumping up to put a basketball to drop it in the basket. And the coolest dunks you see now are from the street ball dunkers. Yes. Right? So they had that show on Absolutely. TNT or TBS, and it's like these sick, insane dunks. But the problem is that NBA players have to develop a whole skill set and not just the one dunking skill set. Right. <laughs> Um, so it doesn't work out. The three-point challenge last night was exceptional. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's fair. So that's actually the opposite. Putting Steph Curry in that isn't even fair anymore. <laughs> Why wasn't his brother in? Because his brother was an all-star. So because of the COVID restrictions. So normally with all-star weekend, they will bring in like significant three-point shooters just yeah. to compete in that one event. They'll okay. bring in significant um, dunkers just to compete in that event. They didn't – well, they did it with the dunk contest, but they didn't do it with the skills contest or the three-point contest because they wanted to minimize the number of people being in the room. Gotcha. So it's why the it was the best lineup um, when Mike Connolly replaced um, – who would he replace? He replaced Devin Booker in the All-Star game. He also replaced him in the three-point contest. Gotcha. But, yeah, I mean – Steph Curry is insane. And it's last insane. night, the All-Star game itself was boring as hell. Always, man. Always. But nobody plays defense. And that, that whole 24-point, you know, the, the Elam rules or whatever, you know, for the fourth quarter, it was, like, cool and gimmicky last year. But this year it's like, yeah, we're, we're still not going to play. You know? It, it's, right. No and they're one, launching up cares. shots from half. They were playing horse from half court, right, which is right, cool right. that they were just draining them because they can do that. Um, yeah. But you looked at the way these two teams were drafted, right? The two all-star mm -hmm. teams. Number one, Kevin Durant shouldn't have been a team Durant when he wasn't even going to play in the damn game. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Number two, it's like LeBron put, he's like, all right, I want this great player. Kevin Durant. Oh, that guy. Okay. I want this great player. Uh, that guy. Like yeah. he, he didn't he didn't give a damn. 
Can you right. give a damn? It was a bad all-star game. It was such a drastically different. And I don't think that that uh, Joel Embiid would have made a difference in that final score. Nah. It was what? a shooter's game. It was a shooter's game. I, I feel like I feel like him and Ben, they're kind of like the uh like the red redheaded stepchild uh, of the sure. league. Like they're they're kind of like People respect them, but nobody wants to buddy with them, which it kind of feels great as a Philadelphian. I love it. You know, I yeah, they're like the mean kids in the game, you know, that, that yeah. kind of don't they get respect, but they don't get like that love. Um, and it's it's great that, that they're uh, they're looking like, you know, the top dogs in the East right now. Right. And, you know, I, I agree. They should have taken this year off, revamp the whole thing. Phil had a great idea for, you know, like one-on-one. Like I would like to see a LeBron versus Kevin Durant one-on-one game or you do a three-on-three where it's like, um, you know, the Ball brothers versus the Curry family. Like I, give me something like that. Give me something Bring cool. It, what was it called? Hoop it up. Remember that? The uh, Yeah. That would be great. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> Matt, I know that you're drinking something delicious um, because that's just not true. I, I take a victory sip uh, right here. <laughs> ben still wouldn't have shot the damn ball. So, <laughs> you know what? Ben would have played defense just to piss everybody off. It would have been beautiful. Yeah, he would have. It would have been great. Yeah, because yeah. that's all he's good for. I mean, I, look, I, I don't know. So let's we're, we're starting the second half of the season. We know the All Star game was a dud. Mm-hmm. Two major questions for you that I have to ask. Number one: Is Joel Embiid the MVP of the league in your opinion right now? Hands down, hands down, especially. That that jazz game was like the defining, like, hey, pick something to say that's why. And the stats are great. You know, the team's yeah. record's great. But if you go, you know, show me some, all you have to do is watch the fourth quarter and overtime of that game. I mean, that was, he was he's dominant. And he was dominant against the team that everybody agrees is the best team in the league. You know, so it's, uh, I, I, I think if there were a vote right now, I think Embiid would win. If not for the Philly curse, that nobody likes us. Yeah. So I, I, I want him to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he is going to because he misses so much time. I do not think it is fair to give Joel Embiid the MVP while he is on the court and dominant during those times. He does not play every third game, every fourth game. He misses a lot of time. So now. I want to win a championship. And Matt, you took the words as I was saying. I would prefer the championship. And you know what? Keep resting him. Let him collect those MVPs later on. But I think your LeBrons who play every night, your Currys who play every night, and he is literally willing the team into the playoffs. Hell, watching Giannis play last night, holy hell, that guy is good. <laughs> I understand. I, I, I understand why they call him the Greek freak. Yeah. I understand because that guy is a monster. He did not miss a shot last night. It, it, it's, um, it's it's nice to see like the hustle, man. J- just like the absolute hustle from some of these dudes. What do you think about the whole uh, the overseas guys versus the the American born guys? I, I think there's a lot to say for Simmons plays defense. He hustles all the time. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. different it's a different style of basketball. You know, you yeah. look at so here you go. You look at the skills competition last night. Who were the guys that were doing the best? It was the European dudes. Yeah. So, like, Chris Paul is an exceptional point guard, but DeMontis Sabonis, who plays power forward and center, looked smooth as hell. 
Why? Because you look at the players like Luca. You look at the players like Sabonis. You look at the players like Dirk and Manu. These are guys who had to develop a well-rounded whole game to get to the NBA. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Whereas in the American-born players, you play the position that you're told to. Mm -hmm. So if you're a tall guy, you learn how to play like a center. If you're a short guy, you learn to play like a point guard. There's no fluidity of being able to play each of the positions. Yeah. I like European born players. I just, I can't pronounce their names, but I like watching them play basketball. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was my first question. You think Joel Embiid, I want Embiid. I don't think he wins it because he misses a ton of time. Second question, big news that came out yesterday. Blake Griffin is going to sign with the Nets. So you got the Nets already a half game back. You saw what Giannis can do, and holy hell. Do the Sixers win the East this season? If Ben and Joel stay healthy, yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're I think they're there, and I think Doc Rivers is is the uh the factor that he holds uh, it hasn't been anything specifics come out, but I think you can see that they're being held accountable a little bit more. There's that oh Joel Embiid came flat out and said it. Joel yeah. Embiid came flat out and said he he's been held accountable now. Yeah, and, and they're I mean they're playing like it, man. They're they're playing like that. There's a fire in them now, which I, I like Brett Brown as a dude. I just don't think he was getting everything he could out of those guys. He and, was uh, the process coach. His yeah. job was to build them through the process. Then when it came yeah. time to okay, win, right? The players were like, bro, this is now what we've been doing for the last five years. I'm not going to listen to you. Whereas you look at yeah. Don Rivers and it's a fresh mindset. That's why Doug Peterson had to go. No player development. And it was a downward trend. It was time to go. That's why Andy Reid, when he was fired from here, had to go during that time. You had your time. Now everyone knows you. Now you're the players coach. Everybody likes you, but they don't respect you anymore. There is a window on. And you look at a guy like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is a dick. He is, he is a dick. He doesn't Nobody give a damn if his him. players like him. <laughs> But he wins. He does. Yeah, it, it, that's a fair point, man. And, and honestly, as you know, jump back to the Sixers. I just, I think they're still young. They're still so young, Ben, ben and Joel. But I think they're in that like getting to their prime stage where they're they're, they're just going to become unstoppable, man. If if they can, if they can keep them from being at each other, which they've done a great great job this year and, and in past mm -hmm. years too like they're not fighting with each other um and, and just play for each other they're going to be unstoppable no, nobody can guard thing. Ben Simmons and nobody can guard Joel Embiid it's just a matter of who wants to score that night right you know and it's it's the same thing and you mentioned you know these players developing together it's the same thing that got the Phillies to the success that they had right Utley Howard and Jimmy Rollins all developed together and when it was their time you put the pieces around them and you win that's yeah. what's happened with this team. Yeah. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have developed together. It is now time to put the pieces around in Tobias Harris, in Danny Green, in Seth Curry, in Dwight Howard. That's a very understated move. He's That's a, a beast, beast, Dwight Howard, man. He's cool to watch. It's great to see him in a Sixers uniform. That, He's going to be a great coach. He's going to be a great big man. Not, maybe not a head coach, but that assistant coach, that fun assistant coach. Mm -hmm. He's going to be great. Yeah. He's – um. He's such a spark, man, off the bench. He's just got – he's just pure – like for an old dude to have pure energy like that off the bench, it, it, it's pretty cool. It's awesome to see. But you also need it 
because Joel Embiid misses every fourth game. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. why I think at the trade deadline, if you're going to make a move, like, look, I would love Zach Levine. I would rather get a stretch four where you can actually put the pieces in place and give that stretch four five player so you can actually give Dwight Howard some break. You know, your PJ Tuckers, I think that's a strong move. Yeah. I dude, I honestly I hope they don't make a move. I hope they stand pat. Not for not because I don't think there's talented guys out there. And I, you know, I just I think at this point the guys are they're they're hitting their prime. They're gonna be beasts for years. And yeah. right now they're just accumulating these really solid supporting pieces. I mean, Tobias Harris is, he's awesome, right? He got snubbed. I, I, he got snubbed hard. Yeah, I don't consider him like a supporting piece. He's like the three in every team's big three. Um, but as far as Ben and Joe go, I don't think you, I don't think you make a trade for somebody right now because just, just keep what you have, keep the supporting pieces, keep adding supporting pieces. But it's, the, it's that, it's that win now mentality question again of, what do they need to win now? Do you think the roster as it is constructed right now can win an NBA championship this year? I do. I okay. Do. Yeah, I do. Um, okay. and, and and you know what? I might not have thought that if it wasn't for the last game before the break. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, but that was like that was a playoff game, man. And and the Jazz didn't play poorly. You know, no. that was that was a playoff game. That was that was two heavy hitters throwing everything they got. Um, and we won, you know, so I, yeah. I don't And Joel Embiid put him on the back and exactly the promise Dude, land. He grabbed that ball and went out to the three point line. I'm like, did, remember when, um, it was the, it was the Jake Elliott field goal mm-hmm. against, against the giants. And you went like, Oh wow, there's something special going on here this year. Right. That three pointer. That was that moment for the six okay. for me this year, you know? Now, there's still a lot of basketball to go, though. I don't think Lowry is – here's my issue with Lowry. I don't want – Ben Simmons is only good as a point guard because he can't shoot as a forward and he won't get down and you know down and dirty in the paint like a power forward should. So I, I don't I, – I like Lowry, but the, he's going to take too much. He's going to take too much. I like Levine. He might take too much. I would actually love Zach Levine. I've loved Zach Levine for years. Um but I, I think if they're going to make a move, it's got to be for a big man. It's yeah. got to be for a big man. It's tough to pull Ben off the point because the games that Joel's out, Ben's the most dominant player on the court. And it's not it's not by mistake. I think he could flip that on anytime he wants. It's just both of them have that extra switch that they can they could just turn it on and go, I'm just going to take over the game right now. It's special to have two guys like that. It, it is. And you know what? It's... It's been special to talk sports with you this fine evening. Um, I'm going to wrap some things up. Um, So first off, the schedule for the week, and I'm going to say this again for the people. This is Monday night. We do chips and dish every Monday night. Next week, it's going to be a special NBA selection bracket or NCAA selection show. I am bringing in the wife because she always kicks my ass in the pickums, um, so we're gonna see how she beats me on the bracket challenge. Because I'm I'm tired of this garbage. So I'm gonna we're gonna get a glimpse in her mind. Um, so that's next Monday night. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Fairway to Heaven. It's our fantasy golf show. Let me tell you, Phil and Jason, man, they pick winners. 
So y'all, y'all need to be checking that out. Wednesday night, we have our Eagles breakdown with me, Jeff, Phil, and Johnny. We're talking Eagles. Thursday night. And y'all better turn up your microphones right now. All right, well, we'll turn up my microphone. You need to turn up your headphones. Thursday night, 10 p.m., David Akers is joining the All About the Birds into the Vault Show. David Akers, 10 p.m. Thursday night, is joining the Eagles All About the Birds into the Vault Show. You need to check that out. And then Saturday night, we are doing our draft show. Sunday night special NCAA bracket reveal show. So All About the Birds is doing a lot of really cool things. Do not forget. We are partnered with 99jersey.com, all about the birds, AAT birds for a 20% discount at checkout. Um, make sure you check them out. Keith, you wanted to share something um, going on in, in your world. So uh, you have the microphone. Actually, not only do you have the microphone, you have the screen. Ready? Check this out. I'm, I'm going to do one of these. Oh, I'm moving you over here. All right. Do you think? There you go. All right. So, uh, Anybody out there that's listening, I have um, a close friend of mine who actually the shirt I'm wearing right now, it's called Art History 101. Um, he's an artist. He took his art, turned it into a fashion line. He's had a store for 11 years, just celebrated the 11th year anniversary the other day. They were about to have a big, uh, a big in-store celebration. Their store burned down on, uh, over the weekend, uh, four o'clock in the morning, the store, the store burned down. Um, Awesome family. I've known them since I was a little kid. Uh, Family-run business, and um, you know, just they—they're looking for help. I think Chip just threw up the the GoFundMe. So um, Philly business, Philly brand. If you watch the Sixers Outsiders, a lot of time those guys are wearing art history shirts on the show. Um, great brand, but even better people, and and they're uh, really really struggling right now. Their their store burned down uh, overnight over the weekend and uh, they could use the help. So if anybody would find it in their heart to donate to that, I would consider it a personal favor and I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So thank you. Guys. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, so yeah, that's time, dude. no problem. So that, that link is in the Facebook description. Um, and besides out on Twitter and YouTube, you're gonna have to just, you know, find it on there. Um, yeah, I mean, any anything like that is, you know, we hear it all about the birds. We're we're not we're not bigger than what we do. We're a couple of guys who who talk sports. So everybody needs the help. That's why, you know, last week we were talking to, to Don. Here, here's what you need to vote for him for for ten thousand dollars for the school for a quick click on a teacher thing. Um, we're all about helping people out. So if you got things you need to promote, we, we have a pretty big microphone. So you know, let us know. This is a good cause. You know, they do a lot of great things in the in the community. So if you can lend a couple bucks, that's awesome. Um, do not forget on a, on a, on a, you know, a little more of a happier note to end it. Um, you can get in on the all about the birds bracket challenge. Um, there is all kinds of information on the all about the birds website. You reach out to any of us, you know, it's $5 for a buy-in. Um, and you can do it as many times as you want. So you can get, you know, $10 is two brackets. You know, and win some money, win some swag. You can get some of these, you know, lovely shirts that we got on our website. Nobody likes us. We do care. Um, the good feather, Nick Sirianni. Uh, so we, we got some dumb stuff up there. It's it's a lot of good stuff. Uh, when are we sending the link for the bracket? So uh, on the website, in fact, I'll even do one of these numbers. I'm going to go to the All About the Birds website. And I will share this. See, we're, we're fancy people over here, right? Uh, 
is right here. So when you go to the website, right, and I, I share it to the screen, the screen right here. This is our lovely All About the Birds website. When you scroll down, I'll go to all posts. I'll have to talk to Jeff about making it pop up even more. It is right, where is it? All About the Birds bracket challenge, right? You pay the $5, you Venmo us the money, we send you the special password to our ESPN bracket league. So you just have to create an ESPN bracket. Um, so that's a good question, Matt. So send the money. There's the Venmo. Put your first and last name and an email address, and we'll send you your bracket. You get cash. You get all about the bird swag. And uh, top two win stuff. So get on in while the getting is good. So, my friend, Keith, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, any like final thing God. for the people before I before I wrap this Jimmy John all out of here? Come see our bands this summer. With oh, my God, we have bands. That's up. right. <laughs> so, no, yes, it's, it's, Keith it's is in – sorry. Keith is in Laura Lee trip. Fabulous. International Women's Day. Shout out, Laura Lee. I'm in the band late last night. Shout out, Carolyn. We are surrounded by strong women. Happy International Women's Day to you and your loved ones. Treat them ladies good because they are 10 times stronger than we are. Um, we end every show here because it's all about the birds with a solid go birds. So I need to hear it. Go birds. Thank you. And uh, our new tagline here on Chips and Dish and it's actually true. I'm out of beer, so we're out of here. See you guys next Monday.